Hello friends and welcome to episode number 169 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here, Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, how are you? I am feeling better. I went for a nice long walk right before this. So I was feeling kind of this like lazy. So I was like, I got to get outside, oh, yeah. did a bit of 5k walk and here I am. Yep. I'm back. How are you? I did the exact same thing, man. I was yeah. super lazy. I was starting to go shack wacky. I, I had to get out of the house. Um, shack wacky, hey? We call it cabin fever out here. Cabin fever? I mean, it's yeah. either one. Whenever I think cabin fever, I think of that outstanding movie from, was it 2002? It had the guy who plays Sean Hunter in it for Boy Meets World. Tell me, you definitely watched Boy Meets World. Yeah, I don't, can't think of the actor, though. Ryder Strong. Ah, okay. Yeah, he's retired uh, from acting now um, after coming back for the sequel show for Boy Meets World. Mm. Um, and then he does like he's done some directing and he's quite good. Yeah. Um, but he does a podcast with some friends about books and stuff. Uh, it was pretty cool. You can check him out. Um, but check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. We're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a whole bunch more. Website, bfmdpodcast.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. Uh, there's not really a lot of baseball news, so today <laughs> we're doing something sexy. Uh, we're going through uh, numbers 37 to 15 on Fangraph's top. Uh, Blue Jay prospect list. This is very juicy and always one of our more exciting things that we do. So yeah. I'm super excited about that. Before we get into it, though, there's a couple couple things slid across my desk here uh, just as we got started. The first thing I did want to do, um, because it just happened a couple days ago, a good old Sasky boy, uh, Hockey Hall of Famer, Clark Gillies, passed away at age 67. Um well-known throughout uh, New York hockey circles. Uh, longtime New York Islander was a part of those four championship teams. Part of one of, if not the best, uh, singular line of all time, the Trio Grande, alongside Brian Trottier and Mike Bossy. Uh, those are some names. All three of them are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Canada, New York, together, Saskatchewan, uh, all grieving for the loss of Clark Gillies. Um, do, do you know much about Clark Gillies? Is he sort of, uh, he's, I, I guess he's kind of a hometown hero. But at the same time, he's spent almost all of his adult life in Long Island. So maybe there's a disconnect. Yeah. You know Clark Gillies though, right? I know, I know Clark, I know who he is. Yeah. Obviously yeah. Uh, played before I was ever alive. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, obviously, every time I go down to Moostra, there's always lots of Clark Gillies memorabilia up in, like, sports bars and stuff down there. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, definitely always sad when somebody passes away. But, uh, obviously, um, cancer sucks. And uh, Was that what it was? Yeah. I, I yeah, he was, was 60, 67, I... passed away due to cancer. Um, oh. Yeah, still too early, even that 67. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, obviously the guy was incredibly talented. He's uh, had his number retired by the Islanders. Yeah. So uh, Hall of Fame. Hall of He's Famer. in the Hall of Fame. So. It's really strange because 
he wasn't the type of player who had a super long career and scored like a crazy amount of points. No, he didn't even he, he didn't even play in a thousand games, which I mean isn't is no. still a lot, but but he was so good as like yeah. a a hard hitting two way player. He yeah. made Trottier and Bossy that much better. Just some he, some stats for him too, like he had three hundred and nineteen goals, three hundred and seventy eight assists. That's so pretty, pretty, good. pretty well rounded. Nine hundred and fifty eight career games, and in in one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty four playoff games, forty seven goals, forty seven assists. So, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Like, I mean, as a guy who played not even third fiddle, because you still had uh, Dennis Potvin and mm-hmm. Batlin Billy Smith and Butch Goring and Bob Nystrom, and I'm sure I'm missing others from those Stanley Cup winning Islander teams. Um, but Gillies was an instrumental part of that. And in my opinion, that was the last great dynasty. Um, credit to the Oilers who came immediately after them. Uh, no team in the history of North American professional sports has won 17 consecutive playoff series, except for the New York Islanders, which Clark Gillies was an instrumental piece of. So, R.I.P. Um, I didn't. I didn't want to spend too much time on that. It's just important to me because he's a. These we keep losing all of these superstars in hockey, and even though we're a baseball podcast, there some of these guys are local heroes, mm-hmm. right? So yep. I just feel like it's. I don't know. It's a cool thing that we do, and I'm not going to stop doing it. So, uh, R.I.P. Clark Gillies. Um, this is a weird left turn, but Justin, uh, I know that you're a Marvel guy. Um, I watched the Eternals, I think it was yesterday or the day before. Yep. Why are people saying this isn't a good movie? I don't get it. I mean, I think a lot of people just don't really know much about the Eternals from comic books and such. So I think it's, it's kind of, it's a departure from any other heroes that we've ever seen in the MCU to this point. So I think people just don't like what's different. Um, it's non-linear yeah it wasn't linear it's it was a new story they had some like anecdotes of like well like where were you through all these events kind of thing like why didn't you stop thanos and all those those kind of lines just to kind of give it some uh context in terms of time but um yeah it it was different it was it was kind of interesting to see kind of like the historical sort of i guess side of it of how like they're showed like flashbacks to how they were a part of like some like major events and things like that. But um, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was interesting. It, it was unique in its own right. I thought it was visually pretty cool. Um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I thought the acting was way better than people gave her credit for. I would I agree mean, with the, that. The cast was stacked. I thought Gemma Chan, uh, mm-hmm. even though this was her second bite of the MCU Apple because yeah. she had played Minerva in uh, Captain Marvel. Yep. I thought she was great as Cersei. So I'm really excited to see if if they keep using her mm-hmm. uh in in like a a marvel cosmic sort of spin-off series of movies uh i thought richard madden was excellent as icarus yep um i don't know the name of the young actor who played sprite but they did uh quite good and of course angelina being angelina was just angelina yeah <laughs> and she she kind of transcends uh, a lot she it was weird because like it she doesn't even though it's angelina jolie and she's a superstar and an incredible person 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she also her presence. She adds to that role so much. Like when you hear it's 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 not Athena, it's Athena. Drop the A, and yeah. then you learn about like the connections to history. That was the other cool thing you you just mentioned it. Uh, Icarus, obviously a reference to the um, the hero who flew too close to the sun and his wings melted. Yep. Uh, Iron Maiden did a song about him, uh, but um, <laughs> Cersei is another one. Athena. Uh, Gilgamesh. These are all names that we would be familiar with from history. Yep. As like either urban legends or legendary myths and things like that. I just thought that was very cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, the post credit scenes had I had one the last one, not the one with Harry Styles, but the last one I had <laughs> goosebumps because I know yeah. where they're going with this. Blade. And I'm really excited. That last, the voice only cameo. Do you know who it was? Yeah, it was West, that was like uh, Mahashala Ali with his blade, right? Yes, so. I'm so excited then, for that dude. Then uh, Richard Madden's going to be uh, Black Knight, or not Richard Madden or um, Kit Harrington. Kit Harrington. It was yeah. very cool seeing the two of them on screen again for the first time. And... Did you see the trailer for Moon Knight? I did. Oscar I Isaac gonna... is like. He's now he's gonna go from like Star Wars to the MCU and he also in Dune, so like the dude's just like a sci fi god at this point. <laughs> I am a huge Moon Knight fan. I I was reading Moon Knight back in like two thousand five when he got his he got another he got a bunch of runs yeah. in the early and mid two thousands that really built the character up more than it was. Cause he, he debuted in uh I think it was Werewolf by Night thirty two, which was like a horror series. Okay. And the, the the main character was was werewolf by night, but it's a part of like a uh, a horror branch yes. of Marvel that they've never tapped into. That's where Blade comes from. Tomb and, of Dragon and Black Knight too, I think. Right. Black Knight is kind of not really, but he he will fit. I know what they're doing. They're fitting him in. Yeah. To that, uh, Black Knight was a long. Uh, serving member of the Avengers mm. um, but originally the character which was his uncle and then his ancestor they were bad guys but then Dane uh, Whitman becomes the Black Knight using the Ebony Blade uh, and he becomes a hero and a very long serving member of the Avengers so I'm very excited I think what they're doing is they're setting up different branches of Marvel like we've got our standard you got your Spideys you got your captain america yeah but they're setting up a cosmic so there's going to be more space shit so i don't think guardians is done after three i think it'll have a couple of the characters but it'll they'll rotate to like they're probably going to have star fox they're probably going to have adam warlock they're probably going to use captain marvel in space they're probably going to introduce nova at some point uh, not just the Nova Corps, but actually Richard Ryder, um, the the original Nova. Uh, and they're going to have a cosmic, a bunch of cosmic shit. So you're going to see more Eternals. I think we're going to see more space entities. I think we're going to see a live action version of the Watcher at some point. And I think we're also going to see uh, Marvel Horror be its own separate entity. So you're going to see Blade. You're going to see Moon Knight. You're going to see... Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is setting up horror. 
and then I think Wanda Maximoff, aka the Scarlet Witch, will be in there too. And then I think we're also going to get other characters. Like I think it's inevitable they're going to bring in Dracula. Um, there is, I think, a Marvel version of Frankenstein. Huh. Uh, I think they're also going to incorporate potentially Shang Chi um, because. Uh, the Marvel Knights uh, operate out of New York and they're street-level guys like Daredevil and Strange and Punisher and Spider-Man. But then there's also the Midnight Suns, which includes horror-slash-supernatural characters like America Chavez, who's, who is going to be in Doctor Strange. Yeah, I've uh, heard that. And then, yeah, they're also bringing in my boy, uh, Shuma Garath, who is a tentacle uh, singular-eyed monster, <laughs> although they're changing his name to Gargantos, uh, which is the name of a different uh, Marvel character. This is all um, spoilers, whatever. If you, if you don't care about this shit, just fast forward. Anyway, I'm done <laughs> talking about Marvel. Marvel is doing some really exciting shit. Moon Knight looks like it's going to be amazing. I'm very worried, though, that Moon Knight doesn't have the bad guys. Like, he doesn't have a good rogues gallery. And I'm worried that it's going to be really light. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that the character they say that Ethan Hawke is playing is a red herring and that he's actually going to play Dracula. I'm really hoping they need something bigger than just uh, this crazy uh, cult guy. I'm really hoping that they do some. They go big. Anyway, that's out. enough Marvel. Uh, I think we're good. Let's just get right into baseball. Justin, yep. tell us what we're doing today and how we're doing it. Sure. So this year we're making this swap. Traditionally, we've used MLB Pipeline to do uh, our prospect rankings episode update. But uh, MLB Pipeline, I don't know what's going on with them. Obviously, there's this whole lockout thing going on right now. So I don't know if that's going to be impacting them putting their rankings out. Usually they do somewhere in the new year, but we haven't seen them yet. So Fangraphs has been releasing their their prospect rankings, and they've done the Blue Jays already. So we're just going to go ahead and use theirs. Unlike Pipeline, they do an, a weird number. They do 37 Blue Jays prospects instead of the top 30. So we're going to get even more fringe guys to talk about today. And a lot of these guys that we'll be mentioning in this first portion uh, won't even have any games played if they've just drafted or international free agents. So... Um, we might not be able to give you in-depth analysis on everybody, but we'll do what we can. Um, we're probably going to do this in two different episodes because 37 is a lot. We, you, if you listen to our Hall of Fame series, you know that we broke up the whole Hall of Fame conversation into three episodes. So we'll probably do a couple here. Uh, so first episode, Patrick, we're going to dive in with 37 to 16, and then we'll do 15 to 1 in the second half. Does that sound good to you? Uh, yeah, so we're there. Before we get started, can we talk about just some of this, these lists that they have? I know there's not a lot of information about them, but there is. They have it as like young sleepers, shot in the dark arms, spot start types, and bench types. I'm really, there's a lot of names that I, I want us to shoot through right quick just to see if there is anything worth discussing. Right. So, um, I'm actually interested because one of the names in the shot in the dark arms list is James Dykstra, <laughs> who we had on the, the show. show. Uh, yeah. Friend of the show. Uh, he had started uh, pretty decently uh, in 2021 uh, with uh, a, a few 
uh, notable appearances in New Hampshire, came up to Buffalo, and then got hurt. Yep. Um, still in the system, still with the organization, still battling his way into, uh, you know, potentially a spot within, I guess, the organization. Um, let's just start with him just because I don't really know a lot of these other names. Uh, do you think Dykstra has a shot maybe at sticking with Buffalo this year? He is 31, but at the same time, his stuff does have play. Uh, he demonstrated it last year uh, before the injuries occurred. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, obviously, he, the health concerns are going to be where he makes it or breaks it. So if he can stay healthy, I think, like you said, yeah, he had some good outings and his numbers were okay. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he just kind of got hurt and we never heard from him again last year. Um, so hopefully he can bounce back. Obviously this, this off season has been long, not any longer than usual yet, but, but yeah, I think if he stays healthy, pitches well, wherever they put him to start the season, he's one of those guys who could be a fringe add to the 40 man. If, if, and when, uh, the team does need a starter or I'm not a starter, a reliever to fill in for, uh, uh, a guy who goes down with injury. The Velo is there. He has yeah. a very, very good fastball. It's been demonstrated to go uh, routinely in the mid-90s. However, there is uh, plenty of video evidence that he has been able to clock very close to high 90s. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm rooting for him. Uh, some of the other names I thought were interesting on these lower lists, uh, Jeremy Beasley, uh, and Eric Pardino in mm -hmm. the spot start types. I am not really sure if Beasley gets another look this year. <laughs> um, he did not have great performances uh, last year uh, with Toronto. He was, only did 9.1 innings. Uh, and while his Ks were great, he walked a million guys and gave up a million home runs. Um, and had a 7.71 ERA in those innings. <clears throat> Is there anything there with Beasley? Uh, it's hard to say. Obviously, yeah, The there was no success at the big league level last year. Um, I just don't... I don't see too much of a future for him. Um, he'll, he'll be a guy who really needs to just have a good spring to even put himself kind of on the radar for call up. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. I think he's probably the guy who maybe gets traded or just pitches in the minor leagues all season. And that's, that's kind of what we'll, what we'll see from him. I don't see too much there personally. Depth arm, I think is what you're saying. Or, yeah. yeah. Very, a very depth arm. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> very deep. Uh, the deeper, the better. Let's just uh, wrap fire. Eric Pardino, uh, he was uh, part of an acquisition in a, in the trade there uh, to acquire. No, he was signed as a free agent like years oh, ago. Um, Pardino is like a he's from Brazil. Um, oh right, right, okay, yeah. He hasn't yeah. pitched much in the last few years because he he had some injuries Never. at the end of the twenty eighteen or in the twenty nineteen season, but uh, ended up having Tommy Johns, and then obviously twenty twenty got wiped out. 
he didn't actually really pitch competitively until the end of 2021. He got into a couple complex league games in Florida. So this will be kind of a really uh, bounce back here for him. I think he's only like 20 though. So yeah, he's, um, he's 20. He just turned 21. Yeah. 21. Uh, like a on January weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the guy, the guy still has plenty of runway, like <laughs> just barely 21. And obviously we know that pitchers especially usually take longer to develop, but when he has been healthy, like if you look back uh, at the 2019 numbers and even 2018, like the K's are around 11 per nine, uh, the walks somewhere between two and a half and three and a half doesn't give up a ton of home runs, gets a ton of ground balls, nearly 50%. So if he can get back to those levels, he has a good chance to, uh, to shoot up a little bit. I think they'll probably try to start him at a ball, uh, in Dunedin just to keep him close to the complex this year. But I could see this guy like getting as high as double a, if things go well, um, he, yeah, he, he's definitely he's, he's definitely like a under the radar. I'd say this year. Yeah, I he won't get anywhere near no uh, the show. No, he's he's, probably, he's a couple of years. He could maybe be a late next year in late twenty twenty three. He's really gonna he's gonna need to ramp up. I think, yeah, when it comes to uh, both innings and in quality performances. Uh, I agree with you. I think it'll be high A for him, and we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. Let's get into the list. You don't want to talk about Josh Palacios? Yeah. I found it really strange that he wasn't uh, included. He's too old to be included in this, I too think. Old. He's, he's 26. Yeah, and I just feel like we've seen enough of Palacios to know that he can be a contributor. He just has to get healthy. So. All right. Yeah. Take us to the list. <laughs> Let's start with the list. So, as we said, 37 people. Starting off, number 37 is a nearly 24-year-old outfielder, Cameron Eden, who was drafted in the sixth round by the Blue Jays in 2019. Um, this dude's pretty fast, Patrick. Uh, they give him a 60 out of 80 run score. Um, say They say he's got a pretty big first, great first step, loping strides. He's very good on center field and on the bases. Uh he, pit, he played in high A ball in 2021, uh, stole 30 bases in 48 games, uh, hit 274, only four home runs, but obviously he's a more of a, of, of a speed guy. Two, three, 382 on base percentage, so uh, that's pretty sweet. Uh, 117 WRC+, plus, walked about 12% of the time, strikeouts about 23, so pretty decent um, statistical numbers anyway. The guy's like, like I said, he's nearly, uh, nearly 24. He'll be 24 in a few months here, um, and probably plays Double A this year. It's interesting to see, like, we haven't had too many outfield prospects, so anytime you see somebody on a prospect list in the outfield, it's kind of good to play, uh, to pay close attention to them. But that's a guy who could potentially shoot up the rankings. Obviously, the the speed is there. The hit tools right now graded at a 30 out of 45, so has a has a potential to be a, a plus contact guy with with good speed and good fielding. He kind of reminds me of like a less uh, a less high end Jonathan Davis and Anthony Alford, uh, in that the speed is there, but the the hitting is really questionable. Yeah. Um, 
he's going to get into double A because we're a bit shallow with prospects. Um, he's going to turn 24 at the like early part of this season. Yep. So he's got like two years before he'll age out of the system, which means double A this year, potentially triple A next year, but he's got to have like a banner year. This yeah. is kind of his like, are we, are we serious about him as a prospect year? And that's, I can understand why he's 37th on this list because <laughs> the future value appears to really hinge on whether or not he can put together the hitting component yeah. of the game. Uh, the steamer projections aren't really very favorable, but he's not going to get, he's not you, going to, we can't really use that. steamer projections for no. prospects. Yeah. Um, the, it's weird though, for them to have his raw power at 40 speed at 60 and feeling at 40, 50 and his future value only at 35. They're really weighing the hitting, uh, yeah, quite low. They would. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, for a young guy, um, the fielding he is actually a pretty decent fielder and i i feel like they might be undercutting him a bit with a 40 um but again a less good jonathan davis take that as what you will that's not intended to be an insult uh to cameron eden i have a high opinion of jonathan davis as an athlete um let's just move on yeah uh, also he's rule rule five eligible this year so it's definitely a uh a year where he could put himself on the map by playing well, whether the Blue Jays add him to the 40 man or leave him exposed. It could be a, it's a, it's definitely an opportunity for him to, to show off this year. So we'll see what he does. Uh, 36 is a guy that we talked a lot about this year. Um, had a monster year in double a Samad Taylor, uh, mostly plays second base, but also plays a little bit of outfield. He's kind of a, a serial utility guy. Uh, he was actually drafted by Cleveland way back in 2016. This guy's about 23 and a half. He's born in July 98. Um, but it, he's a guy who really took some time to develop. Had a pretty good 2017 across three levels. 2018, he was mad. 2019 was super mad. Like hit 228, 216 those two years. And then this year exploded. He hit 294 in AA, uh, 385 OBP, 503 OPS. Or a slugging percentage, excuse me. So a uh, an eight and uh, eight eighty eight uh, OPS there, one hundred and forty one WRC plus. Pretty big numbers. Sixteen dingers, thirty stolen bases in eighty seven games. Was an all star in the in the uh, Eastern League there. So had a big year, but I, I feel like a lot of prospect graders and scouts, Patrick, kind of saw this as uh, more of a flash in the pan than something that we can expect going forward. I've had a few Twitter conversations with the BFMD account that where I've asked people why they've got Taylor so low and they've all kind of said, Hey, like obviously had a great year, but um, we don't think it's consistent and we're likely to see it happen again. But what do you think about him? Do you think he's rated too low? And is this a guy that we should keep our eyes on or is he kind of just one of those guys who's going to fade out? Um, I don't think he's a flash in the pan, but I'm kind of surprised that he is rated this low this is a pretty significant breakthrough season for a 22 year old in double a who has previously demonstrated ability uh just the bat was just that much better this year i don't know why that why uh um why the grades 
explain to me why the grades are so low. I think the I think the big thing to look at is the strikeout numbers. Uh, even though he hit 294, he struck out 29.4% of the time, which was a high since a high at any level over a full season for him. Yeah, but so, look at the BABIP. It's almost 400. Yeah, which is another reason to think that it's likely due to luck a little bit because, I mean, his mm-hmm. career BABIP is like around 310, 320-ish. So, I mean, he definitely had some some ball luck, whether that's a result of hitting the ball harder or not. Um, is even, I mean, the line drive percentage didn't go up. The only thing that he did more was he hit more home runs per fly ball, which like his his total metrics didn't really change. So, I, he, I, I don't he, know, man. We, we got to give him that he is an above average fielder and that he's yeah. incredibly fast. 60 speed. <laughs> Raw power at 30, I think, is stupid i don't i think he's at least well look look at the he's 510 160 that's the reason why he's never going to hit a ton of power he's just not a big frame he's not there for that though yeah i just i don't think his raw power is 30 i think that's a bit low i think i think this year he's really good he's got to drop the strikeout rate if he's going to move up the the ladder The, the jays left him exposed to rule five this year and nobody took him which isn't surprising because, I mean, he had one good year at double-A, so teams probably yeah. looked at it and said the same thing as us. <laughs> um, yeah, well, here's the thing. If he repeats, let's say his stat line looks identical, plus or minus 5%. Does he get promoted to triple-A next year? I think I, so. I can see him in triple-A at some point, like pretty early on this season. Like I don't think it's even a question of if he will get there. I think they're going to try and challenge him to see – if he can do what he did last yeah. year are you remotely close to it as you said so yeah it's it's hard to say i mean he's a guy if to me that i feel like he's got a chance to to do something whether or not that's that's this year or maybe next year uh remains to be seen but he's definitely got to watch the strikeouts and just get a bit more selective at the plate for sure i'd like to see more fielding from him if you look at his uh, his metrics for 2021 they're they're for fielding he he kind of he played in a, a couple different spots but mostly mm. it was either second base or left field yep. um i'm i mean i like the fact that he has utility upside but again get uh, repeat I, we need uh, basically a repeat season from him, plus or minus five percent, and then the K rate has to come down. Yep. Like you said, hanging around thirty percent in Double A, where they're not throwing you junk. <laughs> it's mostly just the kids trying to uh, finesse their fastball or maybe their second pitch. Yeah. They're not throwing a lot of wacky stuff in Double A, so I mean, if you're striking out thirty percent of the time, that might be point of contention i <laughs> think be. he should be rated higher than this but whatever it's fine let's move on yeah uh number 35 is another guy that blue jay fans are probably familiar with he's been in the system for a while uh chavez young who back when the mlb draft still had a ton of rounds was drafted in the 39th round which is 1182nd overall by the blue jays uh 2016 pick uh, he spent some time Mostly in the lower levels, got to double A this season, played there 78 games, another speedster, he had 20 steals, um, not a ton of power from this guy, 
hits two hit two sixty five. Like he's another guy who doesn't really have a great hit tool. Um, the hit tool right now is graded at thirty out of forty five. Game power is thirty out of forty five. The power is there though. He's got the raw power of fifty. Um, he's pretty fast, decent fielder. Plays primarily um, in right field and center field. It's kind of his two main positions. But it's it's interesting to see this this guy still kind of kicking around the list. He's been in the system now for going on six years since the draft. So kind of another year for this guy where he needs to kind of prove it. Again, he's been eligible for the Rule 5 for a year and a half now. So um, no team is taking a shot on him just because he's never been able to play above double A. Similar to similar guy here to, to Cameron Eden, in my opinion, Patrick, where just like they got to show us something. Um, the good thing about Young is that he has played a lot. Like he went to Australia a bit during 2020 and played there for some extra ABs. Um, but yeah, just a guy who's just super generic, in my opinion. I don't see, I don't think there's really anything that pops out for me yeah it looks like super generic uh he just kind of looks like josh palacios or samad taylor but not as exciting i still think samad taylor's better yeah so i would already say that samad should be ranked higher than this uh this young man but um it's hard to say i mean our outfield pool of prospects is more shallow than other positions uh respect to the players who do play these positions in our minor league teams um he's okay there's not really power but he's fast he steals bases strikes out an awful lot again in double a not a great sign <laughs> but but the, there's power potential maybe maybe he can get on base but again it's double a you should be lighting it up in double a <laughs> Yeah, and if you um, aren't, you gotta wonder. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. It's again, it's another season of like his runway is a lot shorter than Samad Taylor's. Um, Chavez Young is already 24 and a half, so I mean, he's an easy, you know, sign him back up and see what happens. I think he will probably start the year in Double A. Uh, I don't think his numbers are good enough. To warrant a promotion unless we're really shallow at outfield um, but we'll you know as we go through the list we'll probably see uh, more than enough to complement uh, Buffalo uh, next year so yeah just kind of there I'm I mean I I'm always rooting for guys who who are fast I think we need more players who steal bases on this team there's a long time where it was a very much so neglected statistic stolen bases on this team. So, <laughs> like, I'd like to see us get faster, and maybe Chavez Young is the solution. Um, maybe not. Yeah, I think the argument that's being made in the analytics area is that's the stolen base just isn't super valuable anymore because um, it's pretty risky in a lot of a lot of cases. But it uh, is, it is. But if you're efficient at it, if you're good, yeah. That's a, there's not too many guys that I have confidence in stealing bases, but yeah, there are there are people out there for sure. On, on our team right now, I think the only one that I'm supremely confident about being able to steal bases routinely is Bo Bichette. And Biggio too, but will flirt. Bichette will flirt with 30, 30 
probably for his entire career. I wouldn't be surprised if next year he cracked it. But we're not talking about Bo. We're talking about <laughs> prospects. Yeah, uh, 34. Nick, Nick Frazzo. Nick Frazzo, indeed. Uh, this guy's a pitcher, Patrick Marsh, a righty. He was drafted by the Jays 2020 in the fourth round, 106th overall. Uh, made some appearances this year with Dunedin. He only pitched in uh, three games, had a couple of starts. Um, this guy pitched in five innings, uh, so we can't, don't have too much data on him. He's a guy who who should get some more runway this year, obviously. But uh, Frazzo has a uh, 45 out of 55 grade fastball. That's his best pitch. His changeup has a, a, a potential of 50. The curveballs of 45. The cutters of 40. Um, yeah, just I see Frazzo as being the guy who we don't really know anything about. <laughs> He's just we just don't have anything to really say about this guy. Unfortunately, it's. Tough to make, uh, I guess, guesses or even assumptions off of like five innings. It's just had Tommy John surgery in June, so I mean, you'll see him hopefully back midsummer this year. But uh, yeah, I until he comes back from TJ's, I don't really have anything to add on this guy. <laughs> yeah, at the grade of cutter thirty slash forty, and then command thirty slash fifty is very concerning yeah um if your cutter's getting graded if you're 23 and your cutter's graded at 30-40 and command 30-50 uh, if it were me i'd just say fuck it drop the cutter and just focus on fastball curveball change up three pitch pitcher maybe focus on relief there's nothing wrong with that he probably already is uh leaning towards that now but you know yeah if you're if okay having a an average is 40 average or above average 40 is kind of average yeah because and then that's 40 right 50 the would be above average change up 45 55 means you have a decent fastball so if you to have fastball change up there are relievers uh in mlb right now who built their careers off of uh mixing it up between those two pitches and you could have a solid career um throwing those two and pissing off <laughs> every batter uh, on every team with just those two. So yeah. it, if it were me at 6'5", 200 pounds, he's a big boy. If he can take advantage of his height and maybe bulk up, uh, he could throw a really obnoxious, heavy fastball and then come back with a changeup that just kicks in the dirt like a foot away from the plate, which would be really annoying. I, there's potential there, I think. I, I mean... The low command, though, low command score is really, really concerning. It's really going to so, depend on how he rebounds from, from Tommy Johns because that's always a tough surgery What's to the estimated back. return time? He had for... the surgery in June this of, of 2021, oh, so it's usually 12, 13 months. So late late season, he'd maybe have a chance to come back. He's likely going to have a, pretty much, almost a, like a lost season this year. So they'll probably see more of him yeah. in 2023. He might so. not be the only one that has that. So <laughs> hey. it could be a good be. I think he'll be in high A to start the year. Yeah. And he'll probably more than likely see some time in double A if he pitches I, successfully. I don't see him pitching above A ball this year. Just you don't because think? Of, just because of the rehab. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. So, yeah, even if he started pitching 
even if he got innings in in July, it's probably a wasted, well, not a wasted season, but it'll be a season of rehab. Yeah, he could be a candidate for the Arizona Fall League, though, if he does come oh, back. Oh, yeah. Because they'll at least be able to give him some more innings there. But um, again, as a pitcher, this uh, at 23, I mean, you're still young. He's still, got, he's, still got, he's still got time. Yeah, he's just got to focus on rehab. Hopefully he focuses on strengthening the rest of his body, the lower half. Yeah. Add in some muscle there a little bit just to help with the velo when he comes back, and then he can get onto a. Do you agree? Program. Drop the cutter. I think the cutter. Ah, uh, I don't know if I can. Pitch in baseball. I I can't make that uh, suggestion to him. There, seen him pitch. That's fair, but I mean, I just think people. I, I think pitchers, of, like, unless you have an elite cutter, why are you throwing a cutter in 2022? It's just like it's so done. <laughs> Everybody has a cutter, and most of them aren't that good. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, man. All right. Uh, thirty-three. Jackson Reese. This guy's been kicking around for a bit. He's a relief pitcher. Uh, he's twenty-seven already. Patrick Marsh. Um, undrafted free agent. The Jays signed him in twenty eighteen. Six four two tens. He's a big boy. Another righty. Uh, he's got a really nice curveball. It's a seventy grade curveball, Patrick. Uh, mm. fifty grade fastball. It's a two pitch pitcher. He's basically Robbie Ray but right handed. Um, that's not a great comparison, but that's the kind of pitch mix that he has. <laughs> Except probably right, there's a slider instead of a curve, but I digress. He did get to triple A last year. Um, he pitched high A in 2019, and then with the lost season in 2020, he skipped right up to triple A. Only appeared in three games, though. He battled through some injuries as well. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, he... <laughs> He, had two, he also had Tommy John surgery in June, so him and him and Frazzle were probably becoming BFFs down in Florida. Um, and yeah, that mid-season Tommy John surgery always makes it difficult to pitch in the following season. But uh, Reese is a guy that I had talked about quite a bit in the past, actually, uh, as, as a guy to keep an eye on, just because the strikeout numbers were so good. Um, also had pretty good command, didn't give a ton of home runs. Uh, like, for example, he gave up, like... Uh, one home run in 2019 so um and that was across uh about 60 innings so pretty good um high ground ball rate in 2019 just to get for some reference he had 25 games and double in a uh, high a ball which was Dunedin at the time and he had a 58.6 percent ground ball rate which is like um elite superstar reliever numbers and a 0.99 era that year so Definitely has potential, just has to come back from Tommy John's, pitch well, and I could see this guy potentially push for a bullpen spot 2023. I think what's interesting, and again, we have, we're cherry-picking such limited numbers. Yeah. Um, look at his home run per fly ball percentage. In yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a ground ball machine. It's, that's, that's really good. His home runs per nine, 0.25. Yep. in 2019 actually it was less than that if you combined everything together um almost no walks in that year so we can't really look at 2021 at all no statistically um the 70 curveball is i think the highest off-speed pitch we've seen so far on our list uh and it's the highest that i've seen for a curveball graded in most of my time looking at prospects which is very interesting uh 30 command though yeah that's uh, the issue but if harsh. you look if you look at the numbers the walks haven't really been an issue for him so 
I don't know if maybe What's because being in guys probably just because he's got such a curveball, a good curveball. It doesn't really matter where he throws it. Guys are probably swinging at it. Um, which yeah, be... it was wild pitches. Wild yeah. pitches were his issue. Yeah, he's got um, some WPs on the resume for sure. Yep, uh, I can understand the thirty grade now. But that being said, if you have a fifty fastball, seventy curveball, you could pretend, you could be a really obnoxious <laughs> bullpen arm to, to have to try to face. Yeah. in the late game yeah especially if he can get his curve going um obviously not a starter no if you're if he only has three he's pitches. graded as a single inning relief pitcher by fan yep. so. um but that's sometimes that's all you need you could be hey, a man. specialty pitcher it works or work for billy wagner if he's anyway. able to get the command under control he could be the kind of guy who you bring in with a runner or two on base and when you need a ground ball so um yeah. yeah, this season's going to be annoying for him because he's going to have to muscle his way through uh, rehab, <laughs> rehab, which is going to suck. But that being said, uh, probably a late season AAA arm if he can get it going. Yeah, he'll stay there. Another I think he'll probably... another guy for Arizona Fall League if, if he's healthy by then. Yeah, at twenty seven, that's tough, man. That's yep. really tough. He needs to have a good rehab, and then if he doesn't pitch this year, he'll be really uh, in tough to perform well in 2023. Really getting screwed over by the lack of a 2020 big time spring training. Yeah, or not spring training. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> that too. Yeah. All right. Um. Anyway, up to number 32, Graham Spraker. Uh, this is a guy that actually did get some life in the fall league this year. He was really good in in Arizona. Um, yeah. he pitched both in double A and in triple A. He only got in one game at triple A this year, pitched 30 games in double A. Patrick, this is another single inning relief pitcher. Uh, Spraker's another righty, he's 6'3, 200 pounds, 26 years old. The Jays drafted him in the 31st round back in 2017. Um, we left him open for the Rule 5 draft. Nobody took him. I kind of thought maybe a team would after the way he pitched in the fall league. His big thing is he strikes yeah. at a ton of guys, uh, 13 strikeouts per nine. The negative on Spraker is the walks. He walks nearly five per nine, so he's kind of your prototypical bullpen guy who throws a lot of strikeouts but uh, also gives up a lot of free passes. Home runs, one per nine innings, so below average there. Leaves a lot of guys on base. Doesn't get a ton of ground balls, which is uh, an issue for him. Um, But here's a guy that I think is a candidate for a bullpen spot at some point this season. Uh, and With that's the big club. Yes, and that's because all right. He he really he really needs to get the command under control, obviously. But with the sixty grade fastball and the strikeout numbers, he's already gotten some pretty good experience in the upper minors and in the fall league. He was very good there. Tops at about ninety six on the fastball. Um, it says he blows past blows it past hitters at the letters. It said this oh. Fangraphs rankings say that pitch alone should enable him to be a viable single inning relief op- depth option the Jays can call up in case of injury uh, during 2022. So Fangraphs thinks along the same lines as me. I just read that. <laughs> I'll tell you what I like about him and what I don't like. What I like is that he has a great fastball. Yep. Um, the He's a bit of a Houdini and that he his ERA blows his FIP out of the water. Uh, his ERA was 2.74 in 2021 with double A. Yep. FIP projected 
3.89, XFIP 4.17. He absolutely smokes that. You look at the left on base numbers because yeah, of the walks, I right? Just about <laughs> to get to that, Justin Anderson. You got to let me get to I'm it. Sorry, we're just thinking 80, on the same lines. <laughs> 85.1. It was. It blew me away. Yeah. Um. Really impressed with that. Um. Uh, the only thing I don't like about him was the second pitch. Yeah, if he doesn't really have one right now. It's a cutter. <laughs> So you're either throwing a fastball or a fastball. Yep. I don't get it. I don't get why. I understand it. There's a generation of pitchers that were influenced by the previous generation of Mariano Rivera cutters, (laughs) who all threw a stupid amount of cutters. But cutters, I think cutters are overrated. Whatever. I I've been rooting for this guy ever since he uh, blew up in the Arizona Fall League. I think he's guaranteed triple uh, a spot for sure yeah and then let's see i'm very interested to see how his spring goes if we have one uh let's let's just assume this point forward everybody we, we are going to get a spring etc um i think he'll get more spring appearances than would normally be warranted for a guy who's never made it to the show yeah and i think it'll be because they're just going to test the upper limits of what he's capable of if he performs well enough he might he might have an outside shot at the pen, but I think he'll be like a second or third call up. Yep, I would agree with that uh, for sure. So, uh, number 31, Tanner Morris. We're back to the outfield here. This guy's a left fielder, Patrick Marsh. He hmm. uh, was drafted in 2019 in the fifth round by the Jays. He hits left but throws right, 6'2, 190. Um, Fangraphs hasn't listed as a left fielder, but he also plays second base, third base, shortstop, another one of those super utility bad boys. Mod Taylor, yeah. Yeah, um, he played in Vancouver, well, I guess technically in Hillsboro, uh, Oregon, just outside of Portland this year where the Canadians played. But uh, yeah. for high A Vancouver, he appeared in 103 games. He hit 285 with a 381 on base. He strikes out about 19% of the time, which is about the same number he put up in 2019 with Lowe Vancouver at the time. Um, the walks, 12.3%, were a little down from 2019. But overall, like seven dingers, uh, 55 runs, 57 driven in, doesn't steal bases. He only had four. Um, his hit tool is graded as a 35 out of 55 at this point. The raw power is at 50 the speed's at 40. The field is a 30 out of 40. So he's definitely got a like plus power and a potential to be a plus hit tool. Um, but this is a guy who kind of just needs to really s- just lock it in. Um, I could see him sticking with Vancouver to start the season and being a pretty quick promotion to double-A New Hampshire if he's able to replicate close to the numbers that he had this past season. Interesting guy, though. Uh, I'm, I'm always keen to see what our, what our outfield prospects can do. Um, I think in order for him to have a future in, in uh, the upper echelon of, of the minor leagues is going to be to improve his fielding. His yeah, fielding is it is worth good. noting that even though they have him listed as a left fielder, he didn't actually play in any innings in left field this year. He played the yeah. infield for Vancouver because they were loaded in the outfield, so... Yeah. Um, again, I can't help but com- comparing him to Samad Taylor, and I can't help but feeling like Samad Taylor is 
uh, better in that he has more speed. Uh, he Samad had uh, better power season. This guy strikes out 10% less, though. He does, which is significant. Uh, WRC plus, though, was less than Samad. I, I, I'm not trying to compare everybody to Samad Taylor. It's just when, when we look at this list, there are so many names, and they play similar positions. It's hard not to. Yeah. Um, as a fielder, <laughs> not there's not a, there's not a lot there to get excited about he his best position is second base yep which is good but um really struggled at third uh and didn't do that much better at short so and short is one of those spots that we're kind of stacked at yeah, and I, I don't see him passing any of the like five or six third basemen that are ahead of him on this list. So, if he's going to go anywhere, he's got to figure out the fielding, and it's got to be at second base. So, <laughs> yeah, um, this is the fan gas right up. Uh, Morris has forty pop and no physical project- projection left, so he's not going to get any stronger. Uh, defensively, he's played everywhere, but isn't particularly good anywhere and has no shot to stick in the infield. He can hit, though, and that's the one tool that can carry a guy all the way to the majors. He projects as a poor man's Josh Rojas. And if you know that anything about not nice to Josh say. Rojas, plays for the Diamondbacks, um, and he hit 264 this year and has a career 247 batting average. Um, just a below average player, but. Um, so a poor man's Josh Rojas is like a poor man's utility player. <laughs> a poor man's Worth Kevin noting, Biggio. <laughs> Josh Rojas uh, struck out 25% of the time last year. He did steal nine bases in 139 games and hit 11 home runs. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting runs. comp. Nice. It, it <laughs> is, but the, oh boy, the defensive war was negative 3.9. So Very similar. Uh, being, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's concerning. He is... Uh, he's young enough that he, you know, there is a bit of time, but he's already at the upper limits of his power. So, yep, he's got to just man. hit for average and keep the strikeouts down, and that's how he'll get to the big leagues if, if and when he ever does. Really weird that Fangrass is trying to force him into the left field position, which was a position he didn't really play very much of, and he's predominantly second base. Yeah, well, they just think and, that he, they, 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 he's kind of like a Guriel where he just couldn't play the infield. Has probably has a good arm, but just has no, yeah, no ability to throw from second to first base for well, some reason. Maybe that's how he remarkets himself as a confident left fielder, and then he obviously he has a hitting tool. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Let's see what he does. Where is he going to be this year? Uh, I'd say he probably starts in Vancouver again, um, and then he, they could play him in Double A, and we'll see. But he's he's like a fringe high a double a player in my opinion all right let's go to uh one of the youngest people on this list yeah let's break into uh, the top 30 outfielder gabriel martinez um i'm really excited for you to talk about this guy because i don't know a damn thing. <laughs> yeah this is the venezuelan international signing uh from 2018 the jays signed him back then Boy, uh kid yeah, he's just turned 20 a few months ago, uh, 6 feet, 170 pounds. So he's got some filling out to do. 
which is evidenced by his numbers here because he's got a 30 out of 50 game power, 45 out of 50 raw power. So he's definitely got power and mm. potential to be a good hitter. Um, he's definitely got some potential because they have him as a 35 out of 50 hit tool. The running is at 45 out of 45 right now. He's got a 30 out of 50 field grade, and his, and his throw is at a 60. So he's one of those like quintessential international free agent signings where they're very strong and very good fielders, and the hitting is just lagging behind a little bit, um, which is why teams sign these kind of guys is because if they've got all of the physical tools, you assume that you can hopefully teach them discipline at the plate. Um the Fangraphs right up here, I really like it. Uh, Martinez has a well-rounded offensive package, adequate bat speed, mature swing decisions, and a good-looking cut. Likely a corner outfielder, which means it would be uh, helpful if one of his offensive tools becomes plus, which they have it, the potential to. He's not especially projectable, so it will likely need to be the hit tool and or approach, rather than raw power growth, that carries him. Uh, his 40-man uh, roster timeline, which would have to be this year, makes that tenuous. Um, it says though the scouts we spoke to who saw Martinez on the complex do like him, so he he, he could he could be uh, forty man eligible or, or sorry rule five eligible this coming December, so he's got to have a good season, and if he, if he does then the Jays probably have to add him to the forty man roster, if he doesn't then they don't have to. But in the complex league, worth knowing that he hit three thirty in one hundred and twenty five plate appearances. Patrick didn't have any home runs though, so the power definitely has to catch up. But one thing that you're going to love is the walks. He walked more than he struck out. Um, yeah. 16.8% of the time walk, 14.4K. Uh, 140 WRC plus in the complex league, which is like very, very rookie. Um, so, yeah, interesting that he has kind of a they, – they even say that like it's going to have to be his power that catches up because he can hit. He just needs more power. So interesting there. It's hard to it's hard to mine his performances so far for anything to kind of cling to. But that yeah. being said, I'm gonna dig super deep and say it was really <laughs> impressive. 2019 was impressive for him. 364.2 innings in right field, no errors, and he was a part of five double plays. Yep. Uh, that's quite impressive. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of innings to go without. Uh, conceding an error and being a part of five double plays. He also had eight assists uh, in the left field uh, in 2021, only had three assists, uh, but again, no errors, no double plays this time. Uh, not surprising when you're in left field, but still there, I think he might have more outfield upside than we think, but yep. Let's see what he does. He'll be a D in this year. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's going to be low A for him. It's not Bluefield anymore. It's an Eden, so... Yep, just A ball. There is Let's see what no he does. A. Again, 19, so he is... He's yeah. a young, young fella. He's probably, even in five years as far as uh, development goes, he'd be 24. I think by then he might actually make it to the bigs. He's got so much upside that... You know, as long as he can string together some competent growth in the minors, there's potential. I'll definitely be keeping my eye on him this year, um, just to see how yeah. the hit tool progresses. And if he keeps that that eye at the plate, then he's a guy who could shoot up some rankings pretty quickly. Worth uh, noting that they kind of 
spoof his uh, his <laughs> his age here on between uh, the lists. Yeah. Yeah, they have him at twenty point four, but then when you go into his profile, it's nineteen, which is incorrect. Uh, because. Oh no, it is correct. Actually, Nineteen is not, actually correct. Yeah, it, yeah, they boof it on the other side of it. Uh, anyway, that's it, it's good though that he's younger than we think he is. Yeah, I'd like to. See, I mean, one seventy is very, very light. Yeah, he's a small guy, but he's, he's just got to get his man's body, you know. Yeah. All right, <laughs> next guy. Let's Trent break it to the Palmer. top thirty. Here we are, at number twenty-nine. It's Trent Palmer. Uh, tell me about him. Yeah, Palmer, he got some talk this year, Patrick. Uh, he was drafted, again, by the Jays in 2020, so during the lost year. Um, third round, 77th overall for the, for the Blue Jays. He did pitch in Dunedin this year in 16 games, all starts in 63 innings. The walks were the concern for him. Six walks per nine, struck out nearly 12, though. Um, didn't give up a single home run though, Patrick Marsh, which I know you'll be a fan of as well too. Oh yeah. Um, the ERA sat at three. The xFIP was four twenty seven. That's due to those walk numbers and the fact that he didn't give up a single home run. Yeah. He had two complete game shutouts in uh, low A ball, so definitely has some stamina there. Um, only eight wild pitches hit seven batters to go along with those those walks but uh this is a guy who just needs to figure out the command the changeup is a 60 grade patrick the slider is a 50 the fastball is a 40 out of 45 right now so this is a kind of a rare case where the off speed is actually ahead of the the fastball for a young pitcher that's good that's and a good for, sign. for a guy who's not quite 23 yet um he's just got to get that fastball command down and then it's likely that you could see him uh, as high as double A potentially this year if he if he does well to start in Vancouver where I think he'll be. It's a really good sign if you're getting you've got a 50 slider and a 60 changeup yep. already uh, with one year of minor league and the walks are obviously uh, at a level that's not acceptable beyond rookie ball so yep. the command has to be worked on. Uh, this is a guy I feel like he, he's getting his command issue is really sandbagging his future value. I think he's <laughs> much higher than a 35. Yeah. Um, let's see what his fastball does this year. Let's really keep our eye on this guy uh, for next year. Very interested to see how this a minor league season goes for him. Um, anybody who has a an off-speed pitch graded that high has my intention. Um, but again, yeah, the command, not ideal. Um, a lot of walks. Let's just see what he does. 11.86 Ks per nine. That's some good stuff. Some good numbers. Next up is Zach Cook, who sits on this list at number 28. Another outfielder, Patrick, who was signed as an undrafted free agent in 2020. Of course, the, the draft is now shorter, so there's, there's only like, I think like a handful of rounds now versus yeah. the 40 that there used to be. So we see a lot more undrafted free agents. Um, he pitched it, He pitched for the Blue Jays at two levels. He started in Dunedin and then made his, or sorry, pitched. He hit and played for the Jays at two levels. He started in Dunedin where he played in uh, 34 games, was promoted to Vancouver where he played in 48 yeah. games. Um, for him, 
the strikes out a ton. Uh, yeah, he struck out 31% of the time in Vancouver. He hit 269 there, though, which was higher than he hit in Dunedin. Um, 12 home runs over the two levels, stole 15 bases over two levels. WRC plus in Vancouver was 137. So even though even with the strikeouts is still a positive contributor offensively. Um, let's do the fact that he does get a decent amount of extra base hits. He had uh, 43 hits in Vancouver and 16 of them were doubles. So about a third of his hits go for extra bases, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, well, more than a third if you factor in the doubles and the home runs. About half of his hits were uh, extra base hits. So definitely has some pop. Uh, defensively played a little bit of second base, a little bit of left field, a little bit of center field, and a little bit of right field. So mostly an outfielder, but had 11 games at second base as well too. Overall in the season, committed three errors across every position. No more than one at any particular... Or sorry, he had two at center field, one at each level. But... Yeah, and those are mostly due to the time that he played at second base, of course. But, uh, but yeah, definitely has some potential here. This guy, uh, the hit tool is only graded at a 30 out of 35. The raw power is at 55. The game power is at 35 out of 55 right now. Speed is a 45 out of 40. So they think he's actually going to probably slow down as he maybe he's already 23. And if he ever adds any more weight to his 6'1", 195 frame, he'll probably get a little slower. The fielding is graded at a 30 out of 45, which uh, maybe is low due to the numbers we see. Uh, yeah, that's low. Obviously, we don't really know what the arm looks like because we've never seen this guy in person. That could be a part of that field grade as well. But again, the future value sits... Uh, the for, the throwing grow, the grade is at a 40, by the way, so um, pretty average. Uh, another guy who bats left and throws right. Uh, so th- as we know, the Jays always have left-handed uh, lacking. So we could definitely hope to see Zach Cook uh, play well and move up the rankings over the next couple of years. So he'll be high A next year, almost. Yeah, he'll he'll start in Vancouver where he finished. Um, and this is another guy who could make his way to Double A at some point this year, depending on the performance in Vancouver. Yeah, if he starts whiffing uh, any higher than this, it'll be cause for concern. Yeah, thirty-one point seven is. That's a lot. Real, that's a lot. Um, a walk rate of eight point five is not terrible. Um, yeah, it's higher than a lot of guys in our big league team. If he can, if he can develop a little bit more patience at the plate, uh, he might not hit as many home runs. Uh, but you know, he gets on base. Play to your strength, which is if he waits for his, you know, the right pitch, he he might start corking them. Not the bat, but the ball uh, you might start smoking them uh and have them while it'll be a more selective less kind of shotgunning approach at the plate i think uh he'll refine into a very competent power hitter uh potentially i again i feel like his hit is and his feeling is sandbagged a little bit so i don't really i don't quite understand it but uh that's why i don't right for fan graphs i guess um <laughs> i this guy this is interesting i want to see what he does at high a and i'll be really interested to see how he performs in double a he'll probably get a whiff of, or not a whiff a sniff of double a oh uh, he'll whiff there too though yeah almost certainly uh <laughs> i think this this year since we are going to have a minor league season uh as it is independent of mlb's lockout um 
I'd like to see him in double A and see what he can do, especially yep. against guys who throw off speed, which they I don't really do in double A as much. But you know, uh, he could be he could be interesting. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the next guy on the list. Uh, back to the infield, the third baseman, uh, Sebastian Espino. Fangraphs has him as a third baseman. Uh, he's mostly played uh, shortstop, second base, left field. Even had one game at randomly at first base this season. Um, but yeah, he's a, a guy who was signed out of Venezuela, or sorry, the Dominican Republic by the Mets in 2016. Um, this this dude's probably, geez, I don't see him doing much. He did hit 295 this year. The walk rate is pretty low at 9%, and the strikeouts, again, are super high, 27.4% uh, on the strikeout list, which that's high. is high. Um, that's real high. Yeah, eight dingers, two stolen bases, uh, collected a fair amount of extra base hits. He had uh, 15 doubles and uh, five triples to go along with those eight homers. Um but again, just for me, when you see a guy striking out and this much and not walking and playing in high A ball, not a good sign for the future uh, in terms of promise. I don't really know what to say about him. He's 21. He's already eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Obviously, nobody's taken him. But uh, yeah, I, I don't see him doing too much anywhere. He is the roll of the dice. Um, if you look around at his stats, there is stuff to be impressed with, um, particularly his quality contact. Um, yeah, the strikeout rate is very alarming. The walk rate is fine. Um, extremely high BABIP. So that's got to run out at some point, right? I mean, like, that's not sustainable. To be over like 350 stab it every yeah. year that he's had it for the last like four years that he's played but again he's only 21 years old he's been playing in the minor league since he was 17 uh he had a great year at 17 years old and it's like he hasn't gotten any better since then uh except i guess you could say his contact is better but if i if if you told me here's a 17 year old who hit 267, 338, 433 slash in rookie, I'd be like, hmm, that guy's got something. Only 22% K rate, but lo and behold, four years later, and yeah. his K rate's worse. He hasn't really done too much to improve uh, That's in terms an issue. of patience. Yeah. But the luck is there at the at the plate. So, I again, I don't know if 30 out of 40 is fair. Um, the hit tool know. takes into account the strikeouts, though, too. So it does, yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, the fielding has, to be fair to him, it has improved. Uh, he's a long, long ways away from those woefully uh, frustrating seasons in the minor league at shortstop, where he was committing yep. uh, twenty-one errors in twenty seventeen and nineteen errors in twenty nineteen. Uh, those days are behind him. But I can't help but wonder, at, because shortstop and third are, we're starting to get a bit of a logjam here within the, the development of, of, uh, of prospects. 
where's where is he gonna play? It's uh, gotta be second, but yeah, it's hard to say where he where he plays. He's not gonna play second base in Double A. That's probably gonna belong to Samad Taylor. If so, they don't move Taylor to Triple A, but or if they don't do that, or if they don't trade him. Um, but again, this is another guy I would put Samad Taylor above him, but whatever. That's not what we're doing today. Um, Let's talk about uh, the guy who gave up his career as an 80s hairband impersonator to play baseball. That's not actually (laughs) true, but uh, he's got the hair for it. Uh, Kirby Sneed actually pitched in Major League Baseball last season. Patrick, if you remember correctly, he appeared in seven games for the Blue Jays over that span. He uh, struck out, uh, what we were told, strike out seven batters, so about a strikeout per inning. He walked two. He hit one, had one wild pitch, didn't give up any home runs. Um, the ERA was 235, XFIP 344. Kirby Sneed's a guy who's probably going to pitch in the bullpen again at some point this year because, as you know, I love left-handed pitchers. He is a lefty. Um, has a great left-handed slider. It's super sweepy, just like Robbie Ray's. Um, the it. command is about a 45. The changeup has a potential at a 50. Uh, it's right now at 45, and his fastball is a 45 grade. So Kirby Sneed's a well-known commodity. He's a single to semi, like I'd say like four or five out kind of pitcher. Uh, potentially go two innings every time he steps onto the mound. He's gotten great stats in the minor leagues over his career. His Buffalo stats from this past year, almost 13 strikeouts per nine innings. Um, and in AAA, Patrick Marsh. Kirby Sneed gave up a grand total of one home run in 40 innings this year. So keeps the ball in the park, keeps the ball on the ground. His ground ball rate in the minors this year was 63.3%. It was only 35 in the bigs, but again, that's in seven innings. So hard to make a argument there, but uh, is a left-handed contact swing and miss guy who does not give up a ton of fly balls. And that's what you want out of a bullpen guy is to keep the ball in the infield. So, um, Kirby needs a guy who I can see in the bullpen as like a kind of the the first guy out in a, either a shellacking either way whether you're winning or losing he'd be that guy and he can come in and get a lefty out to end an inning or something too but uh, definitely see Kirby Snead as a potential fit in the bullpen this year. Yeah, I think so too. It, it, for all the reasons that you mentioned, worth noting they have his future value estimated at 35 plus, probably because of his age. He's already 27. Um, I liked what I saw last year. I don't even know why he's on this list, um, but he's I, I, yeah, he only is, seven innings. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess he is, but I expect Kirby Snead to make the uh, to make the Jays roster. I uh, to be blunt. Yeah, I think he could as well. I'm 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 just confused as to why he's here. So, I guess, um, and the fact that he's only listed at twenty six. Uh, whatever you know what he's been around our system for a long time he's earned his way up and uh he's demonstrated that he has the ability to be a very effective reliever yeah there's something about left-handed relievers man that just gets our gears going and they've always got they've, they've always got life and like you said yeah he's worked his way up the system we drafted him the 10th round back in 2016 so he's been in the blue jay for his entire uh baseball career outside of high school so and college, so good for him. Uh, number 25 on the list is Chad Dallas, who is so new he doesn't even have a Fangraphs page yet. 
But uh, I've gone Great ahead. Game, and, yeah, Chad Dallas, that's pretty badass. I've gone ahead and uh, pulled up uh, his his stats. He is from Texas, by the way. He was born in Orange, Texas, in, in, <laughs> in the year two thousand. So yeah, Chad Dallas. Um, this guy is five eleven, so he's not a super tall pitcher. We're used to seeing these six four monsters, but he's uh, out of Texas. Yeah, Texas. He's two hundred and six pounds, twenty one and a half years old. Big thing for him, Patrick. Look at the slider grades: sixty out of seventy right now. Um, he sits in the the high eighties to low nineties of this fastball on top set around ninety five. Looking at his mm. college statistics from our friends at Baseball Reference, pitched a pitch for the University of Tennessee uh, in twenty twenty one. He was eleven and two in seventeen starts. Worked just over hundred innings. Struck out one hundred and twenty two batters and only walked twenty. He did hit eight, but that's a six to one uh, strikeout to walk ratio. So you like that a lot. Um, looking at the home runs per nine, it was 1.8. So he does give up some dingers. But uh, the fact that he strikes out almost 11 batters per nine is pretty good. Uh, don't have too much to infer besides that, other than he had the fact that he had a pretty good uh, collegiate career in the, in the SEC, which is a very good uh, conference for baseball. Um, yeah. and Tennessee's a good school too. Yeah, that's really all we can say for him. He'll get into, he'll probably get to Vancouver or not to Vancouver to Dunedin to start the season here in, in a ball. And, uh, we won't really know what's going to happen, but, uh, they say that, uh, it could, his, his arm action will likely push him towards the bullpen where he'll be more of a multi-inning relief pitcher, but the Jays are going to, um, likely use him as a starting pitcher at least to begin with because that's what he's always done at college so we'll see what we'll see what mr chad dallas can do in uh in a ball this year love the name yeah great name great story too um as he is relatively obscure and new to toronto blue jays fans yep. and to the franchise uh he actually started off as a juco transfer yeah which i i don't know if very many people are familiar with the concept of junior college throughout Canada or uh, ju- Juco athletes. I'll never not root for them unless they're assholes, I guess, <laughs> in the field. But, but I mean, it goes without saying he has a very interesting trajectory. And the fact that right now he's getting ridiculously high tool grades for a slider and curveball uh, from fan graphs. With a future value of 35 plus, again, I don't get it, but we're fine. Um, it must be the command really sandbags his future value, but there, I don't know. There's a lot of potential here. He's still very, very young for yeah. a pitcher. Um, just thinking about his skill set makes me, the fact that he has four pitches and his base level with them all according to fan graphs is 40 with a 50 and a 60 it the window for him to become a starter is not closed but they project him to be a multi-inning reliever i don't know what do you think do you think chad dallas might have an outside shot at a starting role yeah they'll, they're gonna start him for sure in the minors this year and see how it oh, goes yeah. Yeah. They're going to want to log as many innings as they can off of this young man because he has very interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, get that command fixed. And uh, I, I actually, I remember Chad Dallas, folks. 
It's a tough name to forget. Uh, 24. 24, we've got another international signing. We've got uh, Kendry Rojas, who was signed out of Cuba in 2020 by the Jays. He's a 6'2 pitcher. Weighs 190. He's a lefty, Patrick Marsh. Another one. Uh, He's got a 45 out of 60 grade fastball right now. A 45 out of 55 curve. The command is lacking. He's a 20 out of 45 (laughs) right now. Um, but, uh, he, he had a great brief season in 2021. He's, he's showed flashes of command, Patrick. He, uh, struck out nearly 15 batters for nine innings across 23 and two thirds in the complex league. He only walked, uh, 1.9 batters per nine and, uh, only give up one home run in those 23 and two thirds innings. So, uh, Kendry did what he needed to do to put the haters to rest with terms of the command. Uh, didn't hit anyone, didn't have a wild pitch. So those five walks were the only free passes that he gave up over those innings. And I, I like to say that uh, I think Kendry is going to be getting a better command grade come, come this time next year. Um, he'll get to, he'll either, he'll probably, he's only a, like barely 19 years old. He just turned 19 at the end of November. So he's got a chance to let, he might start in the complex league or they might move him into low A Dunedin this season into that bullpen there he is graded as a single inning relief pitcher patrick marsh so he's not a starter but uh he's he's basically uh similar to kirby sneed he just not, doesn't quite throw as hard but they both have great off-speed pitches so um or they both have a good fastball excuse me so let's uh yeah let's see what kendry does this year not much to say about him yeah there's I want to see what he does. I'm assuming he'll start in in low A. Yeah, and, that's uh, the highest he'll probably get all season. He doesn't have enough pitches to make me think he's going to start very much. So. Oh, he's already a single inning reliever. So he didn't. He started four games last season in his eight appearances. So. Uh, With a fast curve, I'd like to see what he does if he close in A in low A. Yeah. He does. Sure. Could be very. Could be very interesting. Especially if he can get his command. Again, he's 19, so like, don't expect him to have, you know, immaculate command that young. But let's see what he does in low A. Agreed. Uh, moving into 23, we've got our last guy in the 35 plus future value prospect list, uh, and that's Irv Carter, who was just drafted by the Jays in 2021 out of Calvary Christian High School. Doesn't have a uh, a, a Fangraphs page yet either. Um, he's a Florida prep arm. He sits 91 to 93 miles per hour and touches 95 on the fastball, which is currently at a 40 out of 45. Um, vertical arm slot, where his delivery is so upright that he ends up having to pitch with lots of downhill angle when he works into the strike zone, and he might and he might be hittable in there. So he doesn't have a lot of uh, deception. Um, he's shown some aptitude for turning over a changeup in the bullpen, and but didn't need to use many of them in high school because it's high school and you can just throw fastballs when you throw 90. Um, yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. with a good, uh, with a good changeup, they say he'll have a viable starters repertoire on the surface that he'll need to answer questions about the fastball utility as he climbs the minors. He's a good developmental prospect who the Jays kept from affiliated ball after he signed. So he didn't actually appear in any, uh, formal games. He would just been on the backfields and in the complex, but, uh, he's uh six, four Patrick, another big guy. He's only 200 pounds right now. He's throws right. He's got some room to add some muscle onto that frame. The command has a potential of 55, but it's currently graded at a 25. Uh, the Makes slider, 19 and doesn't yeah, have any doesn't really have any experience throwing to non-high school batters. So yeah. um, he just turned 19 a couple of months ago. 
the slider is good, a 50 out of 55, the fastball 40-45. So Irv's a guy who, um, yeah, we can't really make much in terms of assumptions because he hasn't pitched outside of high school yet. But uh, we'll definitely see him in the system here in 2022. And he's a guy to watch, obviously, as a, a fifth-round pick in the draft. Um, he, he has definitely potential as a starter to be a guy who shoots up this list to come mid-season updates. Could be very, yeah, it could be very quick, a meteoric-like ascent off the list. Very impressive for a 19-year-old uh, to have a 50-55 slider and a 40-45 fastball and a 45-55 changeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst case scenario, he might just develop into a very good reliever. Yeah. It's the fact he's already topping 95 at 19. You're not, I mean, I guess you are kind of done growing, but like, as far as like beefing up, getting the man body at six, four though, that's, he's the <laughs> leverage that has to be there though. Right. Fastball. definitely has the uh the size to have a have a good fastball for sure i mean obviously with being 19 he's got plenty of time to add some velo yep i'm ex- really excited to talk about this next prospect <laughs> we've talked about him more than once on the pod so let's just do it let's talk about him yeah we'll talk about his high school teammate later as well in the rankings too but at first up at number 22 from magnolia high school in texas is adam Kloffenstein, who we drafted back in the third round in 2018 king cloth is 6'5 and weighs 243 pounds he is a man you would not want to see in a dark back alley um <laughs> you would be scared you would probably pee yourself i know i would um he's a big ready um he's struggled a little bit um he's only he was only throwing about 91 93 this year at this but he's a he's a sinker primary he doesn't throw a four seam primary um neither his curve nor his slider look particularly good this year the slider is graded at a 50 at a 55 the curve at a 40 45 right now also throws a change up but the big issue for him this year was command patrick and uh it's it's tough to say what he's gonna do. He's only twenty one, super young. And Fangraf says here, we're trying not to sour too much on a prospect who seemed to be on the rise this time last year, but he needs to find a way to miss more bats or throw a lot more strikes to make it as a viable starter. So this is really a prove it year for Cloth. He's gotta really adjust that command and, and, and get some more swings and misses. Yeah, even though he logged heavy innings in uh, high A for us this year, I don't see him getting the promo right away. Maybe. It depends, I guess, on what they see. I can uh, see him sticking in Vancouver for a lot of this year. It could be a half-and-half half year. Uh, last year was definitely a significant step back uh, as the command really took a, took a hit. I can remember his value being 40 plus before maybe i'm wrong I'm, I'm not sure but the command has the potential if he can get that in order he's got a, a good slider and an average everything else and he has the potential to have a good to be a good three pitch pitcher with the curveball as the fourth maybe I'm rooting for this guy because he and Groshans were teammates and uh, we 
reached a bit to draft him, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we got him in the third round. We paid yep. to get him. We paid like we did. We skipped uh, other competent players to try to get him, and I understand why because when you're a big man like that, you know, get the muscle. If that's pure muscle, that's scary. Agreed. That's like Randy Johnson levels of like using your <laughs> extreme height and weight as leverage. This is definitely a prove it year for Klopp, and it'll yep. be a half and half, I think, where he will start in high A, uh, but quickly see the promo to double A, especially if the Cats play well. I feel like when the Cats, when these teams, if if there's potential to have a, a, a later season, uh, maybe some playoffs, you'd want to have a guy like Klopp on the bench. So I think, I think it'll be half and half. I'd like to see... Uh, I'd like to see him dramatically decrease the walks. Yeah, that's what he needs to do for sure. It, that's it, it, yeah. It, I wouldn't say it's do or die because he is only twenty one. Um, but his what a huge step back. Uh, very frustrating as a fan of his to to see twenty twenty him not even get a chance to do anything in the minors and then his age twenty season be. Not a write-off, but just not great. I know it's A plus, so like it's usually A plus. It's like most pitchers don't have great ERA, but I don't know, man. I I guess I had hoped for more. From yeah, I'd like um, to see the K's go way up and the walks go way down. We'll see. Let's see what he looks like though. Uh, Twelve months from now, or when the season's over, because I think he's gonna log more innings than he did before. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, next, we're going to talk about a guy that spin rate loves. That's Joey Murray. Uh, he definitely he's another guy who needs to have a good year, too. Uh, he missed the most of 2021 with an elbow strain. Only got into like two-thirds of an inning as part of a rehab assignment and then was actually like shut down again. Um, so uh, so Fangraphs hasn't projected as a multi-inning relief pitcher when healthy. He's got like Plus pitches, he's got a 50-grade fastball, a 50 out of 55 slider, a 50-grade curve, and he also throws a change that's currently graded at 40 out of 45. The Jays drafted him in 2018 in the eighth round. Sits 88-91 and tops at 93, so not a huge velo guy. He's 6'2", 195, but he's 25 already. So that's the knock on Jay Murray is that uh, he's kind of long in the tooth in terms of prospects at this point uh he's kind of had mixed career as a starter uh some relief appearances the jays up it's hard to say what they're going to do with him this year if they're going to try to stretch him out as a starter again or if they're just going to morph him into like what fangrass has him as a multi-inning reliever but uh definitely has some swing and miss stuff when he was healthy in 2019 he struck out more than 10 batters per nine close to 11 in fact yeah, and he logged almost 140 innings. That's right, between uh, between three different levels. He started in low A and worked his way all the way to double A that season, his age 22 year. Um, the walks were anywhere between 2.7 in, in uh, high A and 371 in uh, in double. So pretty average in terms of the numbers. The, the ground balls are in the low, high 30s to low 40s. Doesn't give up a He's ton of home runs. Pitcher, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't give a ton of home runs, though, which is good for a fly ball pitcher. 
Uh, the FIP likes him, Patrick. Uh, 324 XFIP in, in AA, which was the high end of his projections that year. So, I mean, definitely has the stuff. Again, it's just another guy who needs to be healthy. Yep, I think uh, it's got to be frustrating. After a very good 2019, you would have expected uh, him to be uh, 2020, be super chipper going into you know the season, getting a chance to really show his stuff as a starter, and then COVID pooped all over that, uh, and then injuries just destroyed his 2021, which is why I think he will get a shot uh, he will be a double A starter for sure uh, to start the year next year. And if he can log innings with the same effectiveness that he did in 2019, mm-hmm. I expect that he will log a lot of innings as a starter in double A. Don't know whether or not he'll see the promotion in to triple A this year, but the road is getting a little bit more narrow for him. Um, which is kind of unfair because he lost a year. Everybody lost a year uh, in 2020 of development, uh, which is, it sucks, but we can't, it is what it is, I guess. I think he will be a competent double-A starter, and if he can get his shit together when it comes to uh, the walks, he could be a really scary uh fourth fifth sixth inning guy it could be it could be very interesting to see what they do with him whether it's middle inning or uh late inning his fastball is not scary enough the top 93 is not ideal for a closer yep no i think you're 100 uh, right. or even a late inning guy this is a this is the most interesting name i've ever seen of a prospect Jasper zulu eta <laughs> Tell me about him. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced, but uh, I I don't know. I'm not even gonna attempt it. You've done it enough. <laughs> um, this guy is another Cuban signing from 2018. Fangrass is uh, projecting him as a single inning reliever, but uh, this guy's got a big fastball. It's a 70 grader, Patrick Marsh, um, mid to high 90s, topping out at 99. Big righty. Uh, he's six one one ninety. Uh, he only pitched in one game this season. He started a game and didn't record an out. He only blew faced his knee out. one batter because yeah. he blew his knee out. Yeah. Sucks. Unfortunate. Um, he did have Tommy John shortly after signing back in 2019. And then, uh, yeah, he blew his knee in the first inning uh, after three pitches. So God pretty damn. tough. That was in the spring. Um <laughs> Yeah, tore a ligament in his knee, uh, and then yeah, has surgery. He's got to be added to the forty man this year, or else he'll be Rule Five eligible. But because he hasn't pitched much, depending on what kind of year he has this season, he's probably a guy who would be safe from being selected in the Rule Five draft just because of the lack of experience. He is twenty four already. He was born January 23rd. It's actually today of a recording. So happy 24th birthday to Yosvir hey, Zuleda. That's fun. I don't, I don't think that's ever happened before when we've been recording. But no. uh, but yeah, happy birthday to him. But uh, he's going to have to come back this season. Uh, they're going to have to be aggressive in promoting him, as Fangraph says, because they need to know if his 70-grade fastball um, 
is like good enough and if his curveball is good enough too he's a two-pitch pitcher so he's got to be healthy and he's got to pitch well this year if he has any hope of sticking with the big club or with the 40-man roster excuse me that 70 fastball is very attractive it's enticing topping at 99 i think they're you know if he's 100 percent healthy mm-hmm. maybe he's a triple digit kind of guy and if anybody who can hit 100 on the gun is gonna get looks it's exactly why james dykstra got a look to start with yep. with the jays was he was able to pop out in 99 so anytime we see anything like that it's worth investing your time in uh and i think Zulueta or the Z-Man or, or the Z-Man <laughs> as we will call him in Canada uh, the Z-Man I think it, it could be really interesting uh, as far as where he starts the year if it were me I don't know that uh, I would go so far as to put him in AAA but maybe A, see what he can do as a closer and, or, or you know late inning guy um, right. he could be like a deadly ninth inning guy he's built like a closer with a 70 fastball at his or like 70 grade fastball at his frame that's very interesting agreed that could be he could be like a he might have like a ken giles upside but i don't think he's ever punched himself in the face so i would hope not no I can't help but bring that up. I, whenever I think of Ken Giles, I think of that. Not the 100 miles Giles, uh, but just the tomfoolery from before he even became a J. But I digress. Uh, let's let's see what the Z-Man does this year. Very excited to see what he does. Yeah, now 70, we're... 70 grade fastball is very sexy. Yeah, we're into the top 20 now. Uh, he, he was number 20. So next up is uh, Hayden Junger. I hope I'm saying Younger. that right. Younger. younger he was drafted in the sixth round this past summer in 2021 under missouri state he is a uh, projected single inning relief pitcher um he's 21 and a half six feet 190 righty it's 55 at a 60 grade fastball 55 at a 60 grade slider 30 45 command sits mid 90s tops at 97 uh, they call him a lower slot ready reliever so more of almost like a sidearm pitcher um his four seamer which sat 94 to 96 last year has carrying traits in the and and his mid 80s horizontal sweeping slider bends with late bat missing life Mm. uh he pitched well at high a and they have they say he seems like a quick moving prospect patrick marsh and the reason he pitched well they say he pitched well at high a is because he struck out 15.3 batters per nine innings um he logged an impressive 34 strikeouts in 20 innings pitched in that time, he walked four, hit one, and had two wild pitches. So the command wasn't all that bad. Didn't give up a home run because yeah. nobody could hit the ball. And uh, 37% ground balls. The ERA was at 270. The XFIP, 243. So here's a guy who's probably going to pitch in AA and maybe even AAA at some point this year, uh, depending on that fastball. As a two-pitch pitcher, as long as those two pitches are good, those are the two pitches that you need as a side armor. He's basically Adam Simber with more velo. Um, and right-handed. Yeah, and right-hand. Adam Simber's right-handed too. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. But uh, yeah, he's he throws harder than Simber because Simber is like mid 80s, and this guy's mid 90s. So 
yeah, he's got some, he's got potential. He's got some, uh, some life in that arm and hopefully, uh, he's able to just light it up. We'll have to see it. Another guy who has the possibility of being a flamethrower. Um, yeah, probably going to be a uh, late inning relief man. Um, but again, at 24, he, there's, there's a lot of potential here, man. He could be really scary as a, a double a closer which is funny because we just said that about the zed man so <laughs> there it's very interesting to see how these guys will all compete with one another given their similar skill sets i right. have more faith in uh younger than i do the zed man uh even though uh the latter has a much higher fellow average um having a 55 fastball and a 55 slider you could really with batters we just saw robbie ray do yep. two pitches uh and win the cy young so i'm not saying this guy's gonna win the cy young but keep in mind sometimes if you've got the right two pitches you can really screw up uh a batter's day let's see how his command looks i don't know if it, it'll be high a or double a where he gets the close role but since they're saying he might be quick re moving relief prospect they might push him to double a yeah, we'll they they may, um, and yeah, they'll have to see, very, have to see that. Very excited to talk about the next uh, young man. Yes, he's again been in the system for a while now. This is uh, number eighteen in the, in the rankings here. Miguel Geraldo, still was, only twenty one. Only twenty one, and was signed in twenty seventeen as international free agent out of the Dominican Republic. He's 5'11", 170. He's a very uh, small dude, but he's fast right now. Um, and this, uh, fuck, man. the write up here says, uh, the write up here says, if, when there is a rule of five draft, Geraldo will be, will be eligible. Of course, we don't know if the rule of five will continue to be a thing in the new CBA, but, uh, Geraldo plays a lot of positions, Patrick, um, second base, shortstop, third base. He's kind of all over the map on the infield there on the, mostly on the left side. Um, but this year he was able to, um, walk a lot more than he ever had back in 2019 in rookie ball which was bluefield at the time in the appalachian league rip to the appalachian league some of the best oh. minor league parks in terms of scenery but uh, he only walked five and a half percent of the time that, uh, that year two years later as a 20 year old he walked 11.3 percent of the time with uh, with the needon he did it also nearly double too though. yeah the k rate did also almost nearly double as well too which is just always an issue he doesn't have a ton of pop only hits at 249, but when he gets on base, he's a stolen base threat. He stole 29 bases uh, in 34 attempts. He's only caught five times, so that's always nice to see. His WRC Plus sat right on 100, and that is mostly due to the fact that he just doesn't have pop. There's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of power. He gets extra base hits just because of his speed, and as he gets older and the yeah. speed declines, Fangraphs has him as a 50 out of 40 speed, so they project him to slow down. Um, yeah, but he's a utility utility infielder. They do have his ETA, Patrick Marsh, notable as 2022. So they think no. he could make his MLB debut, even though he's never played above low A, which that ETA yeah. hasn't been updated since he was signed. So that's, that's obviously not going to happen. Oversight some sort. Yeah, that's just what his original ETA was. So they kind of just left it, I think. Um, which is fine, I guess. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, he's definitely interesting. He needs to get some more pop. He has uh, 50 out of 55 raw power, but his game power is only 30-50 at this point. So definitely some room to bulk up and hit some more balls over the wall. But uh, yeah, he Miguel Geraldo. is kind of like Santiago Espinal, but three years ago. Yeah. Where he had, Santiago had to battle his way up through the minor leagues to get his shot. And it worked out very well for Santiago Espinal. I'll never, ever stop cheering Santiago Espinal. I think he deserves a crack at third base as a starter, but we'll fight about that some other time. Uh, Miguel Geraldo kind of strikes me as a Santiago Espinal type. Not a lot of pop. He's got more speed, I think, than Santiago might have at this current juncture in his career. Um, he's got to bring the K down a little bit. And uh, when it comes to defense, it's not a good story. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of error prone. Um, I'm not really that impressed with his defensive performance, but maybe that's not what he's here for i don't know he's he could be good at everything uh except for home runs but they also judge his raw power at 50 55 to explain this to me justin he's not a home run hitter but they think he could be <laughs> they think he's gonna slow down and dramatically improve in the field he's 21 and like a young 21 He's been around for a long time. Is there any chance Miguel Geraldo gets something in 2022? I, I'd have to say not, right? I agree, yeah. He's, he's going to... I think they should just pop him into double A and see what happens. If he catches on, terrific. He's 21. Maybe he just needs that little push. Maybe. He's, he's never, like you said, he's, he was a baby when we signed him. He had a couple years in rookie and a couple years in A. I, I don't know. I would just kind of kick him out of the nest and see what he does in double A. That's just me. Yeah. We need, I'm... we need a second baseman at some point. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Geraldo's the answer or not, but maybe the solution for him is to push him up, see what happens. I think I agree with you. Um, Next up on our list, number 17, Hagen Donner. We talked about this guy at the end of the season because the Blue Jays did add him to the 40-man roster to protect him yeah. from the Rule 5 draft. This guy is a converted catcher who became a pitcher. Um, he was drafted as a catcher back in 2017 in the second round out of high school at Huntington Beach by the Jays, uh, and he was actually converted into a pitcher um this past season finally full time um his fangrass page is interesting because it debuts with the batting grades and you look at him you're like oh shit this guy was terrible then you flip over to the pitching section and it looks a lot better uh he's been touching 100 allegedly in bullpen sessions which is pretty cool um sits mid to high 90s 94 to 97 they have him topping at 99 but i've heard tell of him hitting 100 lately which is pretty cool 60 grade fastball 50 out of 55 slider and 35 out of 40 command. Typical relief pitcher, two pitches, struck out 10 and a half batters per nine, only walked three, 
only gave up uh, two home runs across 35 and two-thirds innings in Vancouver. Interesting that they debuted him as a pitcher in high A. He didn't even pitch in Dunedin. He never pitched in, in Dunedin in low A ball. Um, so this is a guy who's probably going to start at least in New Hampshire. And as a as a guy who is already uh, 23 and had some pretty good numbers, he could shoot up the system pretty quickly. Obviously, by adding him to the 40-man roster, the Jays feel that he has potential to potentially be fast-tracked. Um, I think that he'll probably be like kind of between double and triple A to start, but there is obviously the potential for him to make the active roster at any point with him already being on that 40 man. I like him a lot. <laughs> That's all I can yeah, say. Yeah. There's a lot to like about him. The fact yeah. that he can do more than just pitch is interesting. That could be an interesting combo where he's not, he's not going to play two way, by the way, he's just, no, a pitcher he's now. not. Yeah. But, um, it's interesting, at least. Uh, but a 60 fastball with only one year behind your belt? Like, yeah. God damn, that's good. A 50-55 slider is also impressive. And topping at 99? Yeah, buddy. Wow. I love the velo. That's, yeah, you got to love that. Having a strong slider is really good. I don't know what what is up with me today and the being impressed by off-speed stuff, but that's what's happening. That's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, New Hampshire will be a good place for him. Um, are are we committed to him being a starter? He's a single inning relief pitcher. He's not never going to start. No. Never, never, ever, ever. Well, I guess topping out at a hundred. Um, he has never started a game. He pitched in twenty five relief games this year. What's his third pitch? Do we have any? He doesn't. He doesn't have a third pitch. He's just a two. He's a, he's two just pitch a Robbie pitcher. Ray type. He's a fastball slider guy. When you throw when you throw mm. ninety nine, you don't need to throw three pitches. No, you don't. <laughs> and especially when you're a reliever. That in. Yeah, just throw strikes. Kind of like Jordan Romano, except uh, less intense, maybe. Uh, we I don't know. Maybe yeah, hard to say. <laughs> Hopefully he's a bit of a psychopath. I like the, like to see the psychopath in the in the bullpen. Yeah, and Romano by all accounts is beloved by his teammates. So when oh, we yeah. call him a psychopath, he's, he's only a, a psychopath person. after the fifth inning. Is yeah. what they say. That's yeah. when you don't talk to him anymore. Yeah, that's right. Uh, last one of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's only fitting that we finish with him. We, uh, we know him well. Um, Kevin long Smith. time prospect. Yeah. Kevin long time Smith. prospect. Made his MLB debut this year, Patrick. Um, yeah. He only collected a couple of hits in that time. Two, Three hits in total. One of them was a dinger. First home run. He was also robbed of a dinger in Detroit at one point too, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. by a great catch in center field, uh, yep. which was it would have been a beautifully, beautifully timed home run as well. But uh, Kevin Smith's a guy who has been like a roller coaster of emotions in the minor league prospect rankings. He was at an all time high after 2018, before completely falling off the map in 2019. Um, then in 2021, he decided to get his shit together again. And hit 285 in AAA. He brought his walk rate up to an all-time high of 11.2%. And actually kind of carried that over into the bigs. Uh, he only got into um, 18 games in the bigs and 36 plate appearances. But he was able to draw uh, three walks, which is an 8.3%. So it didn't actually okay. drop off too much. Yeah, the strikeouts were high. But obviously, as a first-time big leaguer, you're going to see a lot of junky pitches that you've never seen before in the yeah, minor leagues this easy. year. Really easy to, to fuck them up. Yeah. That. 
in the minor leagues this year, Patrick, uh, 23.7 K rate, which was uh, back to the number that he had in 2018 and 9% lower than his terrible 2019. He was good for a 144 WRC plus. And worth noting that he did contribute positively in terms of the metrics as defensive metric in the big leagues uh, was graded at a 0.9. He was still good for negative 0.2 war, but that was just because he didn't hit offensively. But he's a guy who can field primarily a shortstop, also plays third base. He'd be a third baseman because of Bo Bichette, obviously. Um, And third base is his chance to be a big leaguer right now with that hole for the Blue Jays. If Kevin Smith has a good spring, you could see Kevin Smith as the opening day third baseman. You Not if Santiago Espinal is still alive. Um, Depends on the spring. With all due respect to Kevin Smith and his renaissance last year, I think he would serve... He would be much better off in a completely different organization. I do not think he fits in any capacity with this team... Uh, in the future there he has so much upside i think he would be a very attractive trade piece for a bottom 10 team in mlb looking to rebuild he could be a very serviceable uh shortstop or third baseman in a pinch he'll get you hits he'll get you home runs defensively very strong i just i don't see room for him on this toronto team i and i say that with love uh, I, I want to see him succeed. It's kind of like the Jonathan Davis and Anthony Alford situation where you just can't figure out where to put him. <laughs> and when he gets those chances, uh, and he had them last year, he just didn't really perform very well to plate. And you can only do that so many times before a team has to move on. I think he would be great in a city like Pittsburgh or Kansas City or uh, maybe even a place like Seattle, or maybe uh, one of the uh, one of the teams in the NL East looking to rebuild and bounce back. Maybe Miami, uh, and he could command back a an, a better than average relief pitcher. Maybe with the year of control uh, for him, he has very little service time, and he still has two MLB MILB options. Um, I think we saw what we were going to see out of him in Toronto last year. Uh, I would love to see him get a fresh start somewhere else after having such a great season in Buffalo. But I, there's no way that I could see him, uh, you know, sticking with this team uh, in the regular season. I just well, can't, Patrick, I couldn't fathom it. I think and hope that you're wrong. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll certainly admit it, but I yeah. just don't. I don't think he's better than Santiago Espinal, and I don't know where else he could play if not third base. Yeah, and you're you're a lot higher on on Santiago than than I am. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I like Kevin Smith more than I like Santiago Espinal. I, I like don't... Kevin Smith too, but are we gonna are we honestly willing to say that Espinal who hit over 310 last year in a respectable amount of plate appearances uh, is not worth giving him a shot at the starting role at third when Kevin Smith Look, is not I, as good a defender and can't. I don't know if I would say that. I think Kevin Smith's just as good of a defender as Santiago Espinal, but uh, well, we'll do, I think we'll it really, in, uh, in really depends on the spring. Him. I think it's Santiago Espinal's job to lose at this point. 
but if Kevin Smith has a good spring, I don't think he's that far behind. But uh, that's yeah, my but that's opinion. contingent on him. He has to have a Kevin Smith has to have a great spring training, and Santiago Espinal has to have a terrible spring in order to justify even remotely considering jumping over Espinal. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if if we see it the same way the Blue Jays do, but I don't know if they're ready to just give Santiago Espinal a starting job. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, if not, they should trade him to a place where he will get the opportunity and then just, what, Kavan at third? I don't know. But then man. you have a hole at second. Is it Jordan Groshen's time to shine? Yeah, I don't know, man. Knows? It's hard to say, but uh, we'll get into the top 15 on our next episode. Uh, thanks for sticking out. That was nearly two hours of prospects. It's um, <laughs> a, a long one. Uh, we yeah. talked about some Marvel stuff, I guess, for about 10 minutes. But, yeah, thanks for sticking this out. Now, hopefully we were able to give you guys some idea of the depth of the of the system. Not as deep as it once was. Of course, the Jays did trade away a couple of top prospects to the Twins to get Jose Barrios. But anytime you can get a guy and then sign him to, like, a seven-year extension, you're going to probably take that chance, especially when it's Jose Barrios. But uh, we'll look at the rest of the list here in our next episode. Uh, thanks for listening. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, but our main platforms are Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Uh, you can find our, our, our episodes at bfmdpodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at bfmdpodcast. For Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, it's Justin Anderson in Saskatoon saying see you next time.